to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning and welcome into the podcast. Today is July the 27th. It's a Wednesday, 2022. And I want to start off uh, and refresh your memory uh, from the last episode where I talked about a fire chief that had resigned in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, there's always, uh, you know, uh, things that are that are sort of left unsaid or whatever when an announcement is made. And uh, the chief... Uh, the former chief there uh, was, uh, from all accounts, or practically everyone I've talked to, the overwhelming majority was just really respected. And so it's a shock when somebody leaves like that. And There's another side to all this. And uh, so I just wanted to update you on it. Uh, there, there is an article out. It's behind a paywall, so I, I won't link to it. I'm not going to link to any news that's behind a paywall, but... Um, uh, apparently, the and nobody knows if this is the reason uh, for his resignation, but um, basically, uh, prior to that, there was an issue with a, uh, with a subordinate, and um, maybe that is, is what led to it. There, there's been no confirmation of that, but uh, at some point, I'm sure that, that uh, the chief's side will come out as well, and it'll be interesting to, to hear. And, you know, that's always important. Um, when you have someone who has uh, changed a department, um, and he certainly did, um, you know, you, you want to know why. I think, uh, I think most people do. So I'm going to keep on that story and uh, um, try to figure out exactly what went on and, uh, and go from there. You know, there's no fire chief in America who's universally loved, um, but there are some out there that when you talk to most people and they say that person's a good chief, well, you have to take it and run with it because it seems as though that's true. We'll come back and, and update that as it goes. I want to uh, stand in line, and I don't know if I'm first or last, but I want to stand in line uh, as one of those people who thinks the idea of uh, mixing a fire truck with with uh, patient uh, care and transport abilities is an absolutely idiotic idea. It is tough enough to keep rigs in service. Now you have uh, fire trucks that are being made, apparatus that are being made that allow uh, for firefighters to then transport transport someone to the hospital and it all sounds neat until you start dialing down on it and you realize that if that engine goes down now you're not only down a fire engine you're also down an ambulance so for all the talk of saving money for all the talk of well this is a natural role it's far from it it is not a natural role and it's also uh, a good way to waste taxpayer money you need dedicated EMS vehicles. You need dedicated fire apparatus. I'm not saying you can't mix people. What I'm saying is, is that one of those two vehicles is built to transport patients. 
it has a role, and that role is important. The other is built to fight fire. It has its role, and its role is important. You put them together, now not only are you not really fulfilling either need to the best of your ability, you're also putting yourself in a pinch. Because if, say for example, the pump goes out, you have to, you have to send it off, now you're down that pump and an ambulance. I know I was talking with someone who said, yeah, but it's good in a backup. Are you going to spend that much money for a backup? No. You could buy additional medic units if you needed to. You know, some ideas are good. Other ideas are bad. And just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. To me, it's like mixing aircraft with a submarine. Sure, it might be able to take off and it might be able to go underwater, but it's not going to do either uh, either job very well simply because those are two different environments. EMS work, patients, deserve the best vehicles that your department can afford. That's just the way it is. And citizens deserve the best fire protection they can get. We can cross-train the people, but when we start mixing the apparatus too, it's starting to look like what we're really trying to do is create these sort of mega vehicles that can answer all needs when in fact they don't answer any. Of course, there are people out there that disagree, and I respect that. I really do. Um, but I have to say that, um, and, and here, understand, I'm not talking about running ALS engines. That's different. I'm talking about having a fire engine built so that it can transport people. What are you giving up? And stop with the whole, we're not giving up anything. I promise you, I know a lot of fire apparatus people, manufacturers. I know people. Uh, and even they understand that it's not quite what it's made out to be. In fact, it's not even close to being what, it's, what, what it should be. Um, and that's because it's cost prohibitive to actually build something that's fantastic at both. So... Here's an idea. Keep building ambulances, EMS units that are good. Keep building fire apparatus that are good. And uh, let them stick to their respective roles because it works. It's not to say that we can't come up with something in the future that blows it all away. I'm ready for that. But just because you can doesn't mean you should at this moment. Um, just doesn't work that way. I received uh, 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 numerous uh, emails and, and text messages um, regarding uh, a, uh, my contention that, that truck companies can, can only operate as truck companies if you have personnel who are assigned to them as truck company people. Some people go, well, that's really not fair. I don't really care about fair. I, I mean, I don't. Um, I'm, I don't do this podcast to, to make someone feel good about themselves. If they do, that's great. But if they don't, that's okay too. Life is not fair. So my contention is, is that when you assign people to aerial apparatus, just as when you assign them to an engine company, they will do 
a much better job if that's what they work on most or all of the time. To me, it makes sense. Let's, let's, let's uh, use aircraft as another example. You have someone who, is, uh, who flies a, a F-16, and then you have someone who flies a cargo plane. Is it a good idea to just switch them back and forth constantly? Uh, no. In fact, they don't do it. Why? Because the military looked at things like that and decided a very long time ago that if you want to be proficient in a particular aircraft or on a submarine or on a surface ship, you don't cross back and forth to other platforms. What you do is get good and then great at what you're doing at your chosen type. People who are on engine companies should be focused on engine company duties. People who are on ladders should focus on ladder company duties. People on rescue should focus on rescue duties. People, on e or people in EMS should focus on EMS issues. Um, it's not to say that there aren't people who aren't good at both, at, at trucks, at ladders and, and engines. There are. Um, but they're few and far between. Uh, now, a great employee is going to be a great employee no matter where you put them, but that great employee is also going to learn. And they're going to learn not just on duty. They're going to uh, tackle that challenge. And that's what it takes. You want to be good at both? Um, you're going to have to tackle it off duty. The bottom line is, if you assign people to an aerial device... They will get good at it, or they'll get gone. If you sign somebody to an engine company, they'll get good at it, or they'll get gone. All of that, all of that being said, it doesn't matter what particular piece of apparatus you ride if the company officer's not training anybody, if the people assigned aren't taking their duty seriously. You get the whole recliner army, and we all know the recliner army, um, Anyone substandard can apply. All you need is breath. You just have to be able to breathe, and you can fit into the recliner army. But people who are serious about the job will focus on their duties as assigned. They will train themselves. They will look to train with others. Bottom line is, whatever you're assigned to, you then have to tackle it. You have to get into it. That's the difference between people who and look, we all know people like this, right? Between the people who everyone goes, oh, you're talking about that particular piece of equipment, well, let's go ask so-and-so. and Because so-and-so knows what he's talking about, or she knows what she's talking about, whatever. Versus, well, don't ask that person, because that person doesn't know anything other than they're probably at work today. So there's a difference there. And it's important. So... Whatever you're assigned to, learn it. Become proficient at it. Know your job. Do your job. There's something else I want to bring up. No public safety organization can survive by not providing services. Think about this for a second. Your house is on fire. You get a first alarm assignment, four engines, two ladders, a rescue, and a battalion chief and a safety chief. And the first due engine decides, yeah, 
we'll get out when we get out. And we'll leave the station when we leave the station. How does that sit with you as a professional and with the homeowner, with the victim, with the family of the victim who dies because the department, department responded to the call, but one individual or one engine or whatever decided, you know what, we're taking our time. Nobody's advocating for people to, to not wait in, until the door's up, just drive through the door and take off. I'm not talking about that. No department can survive not providing services to the public. The public has no patience for it. Politicians have no patience for it. And that's where careers die. It is. If you get a call for service, respond to the call. Go. If it's a fire, put the fire out. If it's an entrapment, get them out. Whatever you have to do. You know, years and years ago, I was on an engine company. We had a double company um, in our central station. Two engines. And uh, we're totally separate companies, but two engine companies. Um, we each had four on it, officer and three others. And um, we were... In, in my company, we were smoking the one right next door to us. I mean, we were smoking them in their own district. They came out, turned left, that was their district. We came out, basically turned right, and that was our district. Pretty well, you know, I mean, it was, it was set up in that way, and in that way we, we covered our district very well, but we would also routinely beat them in theirs. Mind you, we're pulling out of the same station, just two different stalls. And it got so bad that finally the chief came down and raised you-know-what. Even after that, that company would still come out second to us all the time. So, and my captain... When I would say, or you know, leave now, he'd be like, go, go, go. Well, he went off on vacation, and we had an acting captain come in from another station. And we're sitting there, and we get a, we get a call for structure fire. That engine hasn't pulled out yet, and he's saying, no, wait on him. This was the acting captain. Let, no, wait on him, you know, let them go first. So we did. So they finally got out. We go behind them. Guess who got in trouble? The acting captain on, on my engine. Why? He told me to wait. I guess he didn't want to embarrass the, the engine there or whatever. The bottom line is, is that both the company officer and the engine next to us and my acting company officer, both of them deserved to get in trouble. They really did. But it was my acting guy who ended up not being able to act anymore and they sent another person in and of course we were beating them out now in case you're wondering that finally changed because the chief got irate enough to where he moved people and uh, then typically we didn't beat that engine out of their quarters the bottom line is is when you get a call you gotta go right you do and uh, no matter what whether you're the first do or the fourth do whether you're the first ladder or the second ladder, 
whether you're the rescue or the various chief officers, when you get the call for a fire, go to the fire. That's what you have to do. And uh, it gets ugly for those that don't, that's for sure. Also want to uh, touch on next week. Uh, next week, uh, probably toward the end of the week or the first of the following week, be having an interview. I talked about it last podcast. Um, I'm also, I'd like to schedule an interview a week uh, starting mid-September. If you know somebody who would be a good interviewee, uh, send me an email. I'll reach out to them. What I would like to do, it's very easy to get people who are interviewed on a lot of other podcasts. It is. I mean, they typically, they want to talk. I want to give people the opportunity who may not have uh, that reach, who, who can come in. Because, look, no matter how popular somebody is, they're not the only people in the fire service. There are men and women out there who do great things. I want to get more people involved in the interview process. Firefighters. It doesn't have to just be a fire chief. Firefighters, retired firefighters, lieutenants, captains, whatever. Um, get them involved and give them an opportunity to talk about um, the issues that are important to them, the training opportunities that are important to them. Uh, you know, and then the subject doesn't matter. We'll do the subjects from A to Z uh, within reason. Not going to talk about basket weaving. Not going to talk about underwater demolition. But if it's a fire service topic, we'll find a way to talk about it. So again, if you know someone who would like to, uh, send me an email, editor at usfirejournal.com. Editor at usfirejournal.com. In closing today, um, a good friend of mine uh, has pretty much uh, been told that, that he's going to be a fire chief soon, and uh, that's great news. And I'll tell you this. Um, he started out, and, and he loves telling the story too, he started out in not a good way. <laughs> he, he was a disaster, and, uh, and he points it out all the time. He was an absolute disaster as a young firefighter. Um, he found his way. Um, he became uh, someone who really, really studies firefighting. Um, it helped, too, that, that as a punishment, he was moved to a very busy engine company where he got a lot of duty. And, of course, that can go either way, but I know the people who run a lot of calls, oftentimes uh, they turn out to be really good as they move up because they're not afraid to go to a scene, not afraid to take charge. And So, anyway... Um, congrats. Um, I wanted to be the first and I didn't want to wait for an announcement because if I do, I wouldn't be first, but, uh, congrats. And it's a good thing you hung on there in the job. That's going to do it for today. Until next time, stay safe.